John chapter 1. Uh, start today the message, um, our Christmas season um, uh, message is going to be, be light. Over the last five years, Sarah and I have spoken together all of December, and you know, she just had a baby. And so, but next week, I think we're going to speak together. And so, which we always have fun with that. It's been our Christmas tradition. Um, um, and so, today I'm going to start this series um, in this season, John chapter 1. Let me read, starting from verse 1. Um, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that was made. Yesterday I had a funny conversation with my four-year-old. She came in with just like deep insight. I'm sitting down, um, laying down on the couch, and she comes and says, You know, Joseph and Mary are older than Jesus. I'm like, she just discovered that Joseph and Mary are older than Jesus. And I said, young lady, you know, if you were to listen to my message tomorrow morning, I'm going to mess with your theology. She had no idea what I was talking about. But <laughs> because, um, you know, so, and, and I repeated this verse. Anyway, I know the kid doesn't quite get it. But, you know, sometimes we dismiss kids so quickly. And, and we don't give them meat. We don't give them meat. We don't give them um, um, uh, a strong foundation to where when, when they get older... They know why they believe what they believe. It's not that they're Christian kids who go to church. But that they can intellectually de uh, defend their faith. You know, num the number one, the studies have shown that the number one reason that a lot of kids who grew up going to church in, Christmas, in Christian families, they go to college, and, uh, and there are so many, so many of them, um, uh, end up walking away from the church. And the one, number one reason is that they find that they cannot defend their faith intellectually. And, and, and that's not a problem of faith. It's a problem of knowledge. The Bible says that my people are perishing for lack of knowledge. You know what I've noticed is that the world does not hold back on our kids. If you actually ever sit down and watch some of the kids' shows that are on TV, and just sat and watch the whole thing, and you realize, man, there is a message in everything almost. Things that were permissible, were not permissible, you could not even think about. They expose little kids to now. So in everything else they're exposed to, beyond their innocence and their age, which I think kids should be kids and we should protect them not only physically we should protect them mentally they should not be fill, fill their minds with garbage but let's not hold back have those strong conversations they might not understand it all but they but you're laying a good foundation i was having fun with it it was not a serious conversation by the way i was like i'm gonna mess with your theology here noel and you know and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word, He was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made 
that was made. And that therefore you all caught on that Jesus has always been. He just came to us. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Another translation, like a new King James will say, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Or if I go to the old school King James, and the darkness comprehended not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone coming into the world. Now think about that. Today there are babies that are being born. We have a 16-day-old at our house. Actually, she's a church. Uh, he is a church. Now, can I make a confession? The last three babies are being three girls in a row. In fact, one of the things that Eli, who is a six-year-old, seven-year-old, is like, I have no, we, we, I've never seen a baby boy in our house. Okay? I have called this child she, her, almost every day since he was born. And the kids were like, what did you just say? And I like no 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 a little bit of confession too, like in, in Swahili. That's, that's a bela. Sometimes there's no he or she. It's a human. So the, the adjective that you use there is the same for both male and female. <laughs> but anyway, that's another story. I have a 16-day-old baby. But I, that verse is so powerful when you think about it that every single person that's coming into the world, even being born right now, Jesus came for. And what's so surreal about life, even, even the, the, most, the nastiest people, the meanest people you ever meet in your life, came in this world as little babies, innocent babies that were taken care of. They needed nurture and care. And then we see the end result when they are older as adults. But their innocence as a baby should tell you at least that God loves even the least, even the unlovable. I'm saying, God, you know, what we need to change in our lives is to start looking at people not what we see outside, but to see their spirit. Because if you look at a person and you look at their spirit, you look at the soul, you look at who they are, the person inside of what you see, we start seeing them differently. Because we are all eternal souls. The true light that gives life to everyone who is coming into the world. He was in the world... And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which is his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Okay, I've got to introduce you to this guy. I, I just got to stop here.
his first service. December 1st, there we go, there we go. There is Seth Solomon. And you guess what mama's doing? She found out that there weren't enough people helping in the baby town. That woman is a servant. And, and she says, I'll go help. Seth, you want to just hang out with me here and preach? Mm -hmm. He's got some things to say. Anyway, he's, you want to walk? He's first service here. Thank you, Belle. Awesome. It only took 10 to get one named after me, so I've tried every time, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yet, those who, believe, those who received him to those, he gave him rights to become the children of God. You know, the introduction of the book of John is so, it's a powerful declaration of who Jesus is. He's not just a historical figure. He's not just a guy that came. He's not a prophet. He's not none of that. He is God. Amen. He says, in him there was life and, life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And that verse, that is verse 4, it really speaks of Jesus being the proclaiming that he's the giver of eternal life. We come in, our, in the world, innocent, little, we don't know anything. But every soul, every person is eternal. And Jesus came into our world. This is what Christmas is all about. This festive seasons, it's awesome. And isn't it interesting that if there's one thing that characterizes Christmas is lights. Some people go all out. I always have great ambition in October. And then I procrastinated. I was like, oh, it's too late. It's too cold to get out there and do too much. But so I go around and watch other people's lights outside. I do a little bit here and there. 112th Street and A or whatever. That, that's the one we do like a couple times throughout the season. How many love Christmas lights? Yeah, it never gets old, you know? And, and it, it, isn't it funny that that, and I don't even know if there's any meaning about it. I, there's no theological reason or, or anything. But, but Jesus came. He's the light of the world. He's the light of my world. He's the light of your world. And, and when that, <clears throat> when, he, when, when John is writing this to a Hebrew uh, crowd, it means a lot in, their, in that context because everything that light symbolized insight, you know, you know, when you get a light bulb moment, revelation. Light was symbolic to everything that was light is, is, is good and, and of God. And darkness is dark and from the devil. And so when he's speaking this, he's actually saying that Jesus is God. To people that could not reconcile, that statement seems to be um, um, a stretch to go. But God had to come. God had to come because our world is dark. The day sin entered the world, darkness entered the world. But God's not afraid of darkness. In fact, darkness is nothing. It's the absence of light. 
And in our lives, we go through darkness. How many have gone through some dark season? Maybe you're going through darkness even right now. But God's not afraid of darkness. God shines his light in the darkness. This is another darkness. When the light shines through the darkness, I think verse 5, the darkness does not overcome it, does not have, will not comprehend it. Darkness has a way of just making everything <coughs> somewhat scary. I, I'm not sick, I promise. I'm over it. In Jesus' name, I'm one of those guys that just got healed when we were worshiping. <coughs> I remember when I was a kid, I'd go to my grandparents. Um, I lived out in the remote village in Kenya. And uh, when school breaks, sometimes we'll go out there. My parents will take us out. And, and they had a lot of land, like hundreds of acres of land. And so the next village would be so far. And it wasn't lit at all. Like, it's like just... You have to really, you know, the little villages where the light is, and you have to go miles and miles before you see more light. And you recognize light from a distance. I mean, you get out, and it's, well, the stars are, like, amazing. Because it's nothing. Yeah, like, you look at the stars, like, you could just jump and touch them almost, because they're bright. But uh, in darkness, light even shines more. In fact, in the beginning of, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And it says, now the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. And it says, the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. Of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Darkness came into the world. Darkness affects us because we don't like darkness. I don't care for darkness. When I was a kid, I didn't like darkness that much. I mean, love darkness. Some people maybe do. But when light comes, you realize that darkness was really nothing. It was just the absence of the thing that is. In fact, even scientifically, the darkness is nothing. You can't measure, you can't quantify it, but you can measure light. He came as a speed of, with the speed of light. We can count light years. But where he says um, the, the light shines through the darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it. Jesus is the light. Today, every dark part of your life, when his light shines, the darkness could be a report from the doctor. The darkness could be your, fi your financial statement. The darkness could be whatever. God is not afraid of it. He is the light that shines in every darkness of our lives. Maybe this darkness of your family, your marriage. Maybe you're feeling down today. I tell you, he came. And this season reminds us that he came. So that darkness will not overcome it because his light shines through the darkness and darkness has no power to overcome it. What is your darkness today? What are you standing on today? No darkness is too dark because when the light shines, the darkness does not comprehend. You know, I found it very interesting that even though the dark, we, we go through seasons of darkness or sometimes your life is going well, but you have this dark thing in your life. 
I find it interesting to see that God even works in the darkness. In fact, most of the time, darkness, he allows darkness in our lives, the seasons of preparations. I mean, you see it through the order of life. You see, he says, and the spirit, darkness covered the earth, he says at the beginning. But the spirit of God was still moving. Then God said, let there be light. Seeds. You take a seed and you just place it in a good, safe place. It doesn't generate. It doesn't germinate. It doesn't do anything. But you bury it in darkness. And in that darkness, God's working a miracle. And before you know it, Birds are coming out. They germinated. There's a change that came. Because in the darkness, God is preparing. And then he lets his light shine. And we spring up. The darkness does not comprehend it. Because it's nothing. In the light of who Jesus is. Today God is wanting to shine. In every dark. This season can be hard for people sometimes. Because the enemy would use loss, pain. Um, uh, it's a memory. And it's hard. I'm not wanting to put anything down. Um, um, but, but there is a joy that we, we should not lose. We should not lose sight of what it's all about. I was so encouraged to see... Actually, not so once. It's been a continual thing of watching the changes uh, of Kanye West. It's been very in encouraging to see some of the things that come out of his mouth. You're like, is this the same person? Or what? But how many know that God can touch anyone? At any point, even the people in our lives that we think, man, they are too far gone. Have you heard maybe how he curses? Have you heard how, how narcissistic he is? Have you heard what he, how, what he thinks of himself? And God says, no. And the light shines through the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. I mean, he's becoming a witness for Christ. I was like, wow, what is going on? Well, God is working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're walking. Someone's helping me out. I'm like, whoa, God is so good. And he encourages me to pray for anyone. Anyone. And I was involved in a business transaction with some, a Muslim guy. And in, around the summer, we were talking at one point, and, uh, and we started talking about church, oh, no, and, and Christianity and stuff. In fact, it wasn't even Christianity, it was just religion. And, and I felt sense that God was opening a door. God was, um, I sensed that God was um, opening a door to have a conversation. I wasn't trying to convert the guy right there. Because how many know it is the Lord who does the work in a person? Our job is just to be the light, to be that light where we are. Because I'd talk to the guy and we'll have conversation and all of a sudden he'll just throw a cast word as part of his way he talks. And uh, I won't flip and say, hey, 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 knock that off. No. But, but I think he noticed that I don't talk that way, but I also don't judge him. 
And he says, you know, I, I'm, 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 I was wondering why people these days really don't care much about religion and those values of religion. And so, so we're talking just religion. But in our conversation, in our conversation, um, a door opened. And he told me something about how when, um, when he was young, he, he had some Christian friends that invited him to church around Christmas time. And he says, it was the most beautiful thing. I remember that was really cool, but the food was so good. <laughs> and I thought, huh, December 7th, 2019, we got somewhere, Christmas time, and there's always, the good food is always so good. And you know, from that day, I started praying for the guy, and we weren't even dealing with each other after that and all that. But I sent him a message this week. I said, hey, how you? I hope things are going well for you, but I want to invite you to a celebration that we have, Christmas celebration of our church. The food is so good. You and your family. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I'm not even going to, I'm going to let God do what God can do. My job is just to be a light. He says, there was a man, the rest of the next of the verses, there's a man sent from God. His name was John. His, he himself was not the light, he goes on to say, but he was called to be a witness to the light. You need to change that verse a little bit, not think about the old John the Baptist, a voice crying in the wilderness, make a way for the Lord. And says, there was a woman sent from God, her name was Kara. There was a man sent from God, his name was Greg. There was a man sent from God, his name was Bruce. There was a man sent from God, there's a woman sent from God, there was a kid from, sent from God, her name was Belle. She was not the light, but she was called to be a witness to the light. That through your witness, that everyone might believe. So sometimes we mystify evangelism and it makes it so hard to reach people for Christ. And it's the one business that God is in the world doing that he says, hey, if you partner up with me, I will show you stuff you've never seen in your life. Just be the light. Don't try to get everybody saved in a day. Call them out for every sin they've committed because... No. Just be the light. Be the Christ light. Be a witness for the light. Let your testimony be. Share. A, share when it's appropriate. Don't hold back. Don't just shove it down the people's throat. Sometimes it's just small opportunities. God, how can, I be, how can I be a light to this man? I know this conversation will take a long time because what, what a kid that grew up as a Christian family, even if they are not born again, the foundation they have is so different than one that grew up as a Muslim. And so where, where are we going with this? You know, I, I, I led a Muslim to the Lord more than once. And one time I was a young person, there's a kid, his name was Abdi, in our neighborhood. We were playing out uh, basketball one time, and started asking me questions. And it just started as conversations. And we started talking. And to make the long story short, we would talk about the Bible. 
And, uh, and I would take the Swahili Bible because it's very close. Uh, Swahili and Arabic are very close. About 40% of Swahili came from Arabic because it was a language, that came, it was a language of trade along the Indian Ocean coast between the, the Arab Peninsula, you know, on the east coast of Africa. We're actually closer to the Middle East than we are on the west coast of Africa for those who group Africa as one country. Just a, an idea. So we share a lot of things in common. So I, give you, I go to the Swahili Bible because I knew some things will connect because they'll sound familiar, because the Old Testament was familiar to them. And we had those conversations, and he took time, and he was just curious. He's just asking some questions. And I'd go back to Abraham, because I know they believe in Abraham. Uh, they call him Ibrahim. And I talk about Moses. I know that they believe in Moses, and, I, I, and they call him Musa. And I'll, and, and I'll walk him back, and, and then back to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. I'm making the connection. He took a process. And, and, and so I, when I asked the guy, I'm like, hey, would you like to accept Jesus? You know, he does say in verse 12, and verse 11 says, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. He says, even though the world was made by him, the world did not recognize him. But he does go on to say, but as many as received him, verse 12, to them he gave them the right to become the children of God. Because every person in the world belongs to God. See, every person in the world belongs. We are all God's people. If you grew up in the 80s, you remember the big uh, collection of musicians around the world that came together to help Africa. I was in Africa, and I didn't get any help. We are the world. Uh, Leonard Richie could sing, though. I just gotta, I gotta give it to him. <laughs> we, can, we can make the world a better place, right? But really, making the world a better place is letting Jesus into the world. Making place a better place is, is really Jesus shining his light to everyone who comes. But every, every, the, my point is, every person, good and bad, the awesome people that we just want to hang around with all the time, and the nastiest ones, when we see them far away, we run, we see them in this aisle, we go to the next aisle, and we hope they don't see us when we check out. <laughs> they are all God's people. But Vastos says something very important, and there's a something, there's a conversion that takes place in verse 12 that says, But as many as receive him, to them he gives them the right to become the children of God. And that becomes our right. And I took that guy into um, that verse and says, Hey, you're God's people, everyone is. But if you receive Christ, your relationship with God changes from just being God's people to have now are given right to be called a child of God. I says, do you want to receive Christ? Do you want to receive him? So you don't have this relationship. God is God. And are doing whatever we do or do not do, practice or do not practice, decide we want, we, we love him, we don't. He's given us all the free choice. 
But none of what we do or do not do, believe or do not believe, changes who God is. God is God. No matter what we say or do or believe or do, you know, God is God. Don't change him. When we praise this morning, we worship, we try, it doesn't change God. You know what it does? It changes us. So he's God, but he's inviting us to receive this light that came into the world, who was in the beginning with God, where who nothing was made without him. But this world became flesh, it says, and dwells among us. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's this whole season is all about, that the world became flesh and dwelt among us. But as many who received them to them, Something different happened. There is a transaction, a heavenly transaction that occurs when we receive Christ. He says, now we are given the right to be called the children of God. That's why we can pray differently. That's why he says that we can pray boldly. He says, are you arrogant in the way you pray? Are you, are you, are you, are you assuming or anything? No, no, no. I'm not just a child of God. I've been given a right. His promises for me, it's a right. Why do we have so, have you ever noticed why in America we have so many protesters that are bold? They're protesting right now in Taiwan, not Taiwan, what's the other one? Hong Kong. Yeah, they're standing up for them, they're looking for freedom, but they don't have the boldness that we have here. Why? Because we know under the Constitution, we have a right to protest against our government. We have a right to protest. We have a right to speak free speech. Now, people might run away when you open your mouth. It's like, and I don't like your ideas, but you still have a right. And as children of God, we have been given a right. And so now we say we can pray boldly certain things because God has given us certain rights that we can declare his name of our lives. We can declare his name. We can invoke his name in, of our family. We can invoke his name of our businesses. This is my business. It's not mine anymore. It's the Lord. And because it's the Lord, everything the Lord does is blessed. Because God owns everything. I have a right. That I'll be the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. I am the lender and not the borrower. Because I've got a right. Become a child of God. Sickness been messing with me, but I, I, I don't accept it because I have a right. He was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. I keep on believing so I can pray boldly because I have a right. Amen. To them who received him, to, to those who received him, to them he gave them the right to become the children of God. And so now we, can, we, we start praying differently. You're like, man, why are you praying like that? Because God's given me certain rights. He's given me certain praise, promises in his word. And he says, when I pray those things, I don't have to pray as if I'm just hoping and wishing that would happen. I, I can fight for it. Even, if I have, even though I know I have adversaries all around me that try to pull me down, I have an A&M enemy, um, of my soul that wants to pull me down, wants to bring me down, wants to tell me that I don't deserve it, I, I, I'm not good enough, I, 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 don't, I don't fit the bill. I, I, I know he's a liar. 
Because my God says, my God says, my God says, my God says, I have a right. That's how our change, our language changes. To them, he gave them the right to become the children of God. As many who received him, to them, he gave them the right to become the children of God. And you know that my Muslim friend, I prayed for him every single day. Well, I take it back, let me confess, I haven't every single day, but I prayed for him a lot. And I would think about it. Yes, the Lord just touched his heart. I don't know where the key is, but God, you love him because you so love the world that you gave your one and only son. I know you care for him. You can reach him better than I can, but Lord, help me be the John in his life. Help me be the witness in his life. You, you connected us for a business transaction, but I know that the steps of the righteous are ordered of God. There are no mistakes. You direct my every step. The people you'll make me meet, you have a purpose for everything. And so just pray for him. And this morning, I'm, I'm, six in the morning, I get a text message. Hey, because I said, hey, let me know if you're interested. I'll save a spot for you. He says, there'll be two of us. My wife and I will be there. This is very exciting. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you, Jesus. And I walk you through that because there's a process. We've got to pray because it's spiritual. I'm not going to save him, but who knows? Jesus will save him. At his right time, <laughs> my body in Kenya, God saved him. And you know that guy? When he decided, he was so hungry, so I asked him, hey, do you want to receive him? And I wasn't expecting the answer to be so quickly. And he called me off guard. He says, yes, I want it right now, yes. I thought I was at my house. I was probably 18 years old. And I thought, okay, Houston, we've got a problem. I wasn't expecting that. What do we do now? I said, okay, so that's good. That's really good. Keep that going. And I called a bunch of my friends, people that I felt like they were more spiritual than I am. And Stephen says, tonight, we're going to gather together. I remember one guy's name was Paul. I gathered about seven guys. We got together and we prayed for Abdi. Amen. We prayed. And he received Jesus. There was tears down his cheeks. And I remember so vividly how glorious he was. And we started singing, Unto Jesus I Surrender, a cappella in a little room. I still remember, 20-some years ago. And the guy just, and you know, he, and we continued reading the Bible and learning a few things. And then what got out, Muslims in town, that one of their own has disowned he lived with his sister and brother-in-law. They kicked him out. Brother-in-law says, I'm going to kill you. He came to me and says, you know, I believe him. He stayed at our house for a few months and will sneak him in to church. You remember? Mm -hmm. Sneaking him to church on Sunday. We'll make sure that people don't know where he's at. Because there was blood on him. You know, he made such a bold decision. Uh, kicked, got kicked out of where you're staying and all that. But guess what? The light shone. When the light shines in the darkness, the darkness does not comprehend it. 
Something happened in his spirit, and you know, it was more important to him. He still loves his family, and he wanted to be reconciled, but he goes, this is, this is eternal here. There was a woman sent from God. Her name was Sue. Put your name in there. Her name was Laura. Her name was Candice. She was not the light, but she was sent to be the witness to the light. We are all witnesses for Christ. If we take on that role, don't let it burden you and make it be so hard. No, just be the light. Just be the light.